Well, good morning and welcome to The Drive. It is February 2nd, 2024. Uh, it is 43 degrees here in the deep south. I'm trying to defrost my car um, so I can get over to the gym, but um, hope you guys are having a good week. And for many of you, this is Friday. I mean, for all of us here, it's Friday, but which means you get the weekend off, most of you. So um, hopefully Lord gave you strength to get through the week and all you had to get through. And uh, he's good. You know, I just don't want to get through things. I just don't want to survive. I want to thrive, right, in the faith and learn and grow and see every uh, every moment, every opportunity, every moment as an opportunity to learn from the Lord, to grow in the faith, to draw near to him. And as we're looking at Jesus, you know, we're, we're mainly have been looking at his words because he's, you know, it's a sermon on the mount and <clears throat> he's teaching a lot. He's teaching a lot and he's ve- being very clear. He's expounding upon the Old Testament. I'm um, talking about how he's fulfilling um, those things and not eradicating them, but fulfilling them. And I, and I love it because it gets very practical and he uses modern day first century object lessons um, uh, when he talks about and teaches about what not to do because you know the Lord tells us what to do he also says what not to do and that's kind of the theme today when he talks about prayer and here's what he says before before I quote unquote the Lord's prayer which we're gonna look at tomorrow um, he talks about what to do when you pray and he says this Jesus says when you pray You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So they're not going to get a reward in heaven. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. All right, I still can't see out of my side windows, but I'm pulling out my driveway. Just FYI. I hope I don't hit my trash can. Okay. Uh, I need to open my windows. Sorry, guys. Navigating. I didn't want to read that while I was driving, obviously. It's a little bit too long, and I want to stay safe. So prayer one of the things i think about when at the end there when he talks about uh the gentiles think they're going to be heard by their many words is that there's a lot of prayers but one in particular that i think about is peter's prayer when he's walking on the water looking to jesus no doubt elated amazed astonished that he's actually walking on water marveling like wow but then he looks at the storm he notices the weather he notices the Intensity around him, and that's when he starts to sink. And that's when he says one of the Lord, uh, one of the shortest prayers in the Bible: "Lord, save me." See, when we pray, you can pray long. It's not like you know. I, I read certain people like Ian e. Bounds, Jonathan Edwards. I read these uh, old preachers that are like, if you're not praying three to five hours a day, then you're wasting your time. What are you doing? Don't even pray. And so that it's really like. <laughs> They kind of heap a little bit of legalism on you. Like you have to do it this way, but it's not true. I mean, look at the words of Jesus. 
You're not going to be heard more by God if you pray more words to God. Right? It's just not true. It can be a 10 second prayer that changes your heart. It can be it can be a 30 second prayer that opens your eyes. You know, I, I remember <coughs> excuse me, when I was a newer believer and going to college and taking tests because I, w- I just was not just not good at tests. Some people are great. Other people struggle. I struggle. And I, I would always overstudy. I would always pray. I would always look at um, the verses that, from Paul the Apostle, from the Word of God, that be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request be made known to God for the peace of God, which surpass, you know, that whole thing. So I, w- I would look at those couple verses and just pray. And it would take, I don't know, 10 to 20 seconds. I would do that before each test. And I can't tell you how much it helped my heart and my mind. It helped me to focus on the Lord. It helped me just to kind of hone in on what I was doing and to not be distracted or uh, doubt every question I was answering for the test, you know. But it didn't take that long. It was just kind of a short prayer. But at the same time, you guys, I do not want to discount the fact that people do prayer nights all night long. You know, I used to run a couple prayer meetings in my last church. I started them and, and ran them for about a couple years. And we would meet and we would talk and it would be an hour. We would share for, I don't know, 25 minutes. And then we'd pray the rest of the time. That's okay. It's not like, ah, it's too long. You need to shorten that prayer time. No. Prayer time that is extended is not bad at all. At the same time, there shouldn't be any heaped up condemnation for those who pray for a minute in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night. God still hears your prayers. He still cares. He still listens. It's not like once you hit 30 minutes, then I will start listening to you. Until then, you're dead to me. No, God doesn't do that, right? He, he hears every single prayer. He knows every single thought. And so Jesus is making it clear. You're not going to be heard because of your many prayers, because of your many words, I mean. And also, and we kind of touched on this yesterday, talking about the religious leaders as Jesus was continues teaching, uh, he's like, yeah, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they love to be seen. I mean, that's literally their motivation for praying, to be seen. You know, it makes me think of years ago, man, there was this guy that I didn't really know him. My, my pastor friends knew him, and we got he he came to the prayer meeting, and I had never seen him or met him before or whatever. And he had the most like eloquent, eloquent like prayers I've ever heard, aside from obviously the prayers of Jesus in John seventeen and stuff. But I mean, the words he used he was just he was intellectual. He was smart. He used very big words. It was very poetic, like the way he was speaking. He was praying. And I was just kind of blown away and astounded, you know. Um, and afterwards he left, I kind of shared that with my, my pastor friends. I knew him. I was like, man, that was, this was like some powerful prayers. And, and, and they went on to tell me that we, he, he, you know, struggles in a lot of areas. He's in and out of church. He's in and out of his walk with the Lord. And um, he sounds good. His prayers sound elevated, like just like he's in tune with the Lord. 
Like it sounds good on the surface, but there's major struggles underneath the surface. And so I don't know. It's kind of it was kind of eye opening to me. I mean, people can be one way in prayer and then another way in life. They'll know what to say. They'll know how to say it. But then the rest of the time, as they live their life throughout the week between prayer meetings, they're of the world. <coughs> Excuse me. They're carnal and so it's almost as if you know they put on a show for my Christian people let me sound the part look the part and it shouldn't be right it ought not be because we want to be genuine we want to be real and the same goes for prayer like we're not trying to impress anyone like it doesn't matter what people think of our prayers it's we're in this together seeking the Lord and we just want to talk to God a dialogue not a monologue right a dialogue (coughs) excuse me so it's important to seek the Lord in that secret place in that quiet place there's a book called The Secret Place that when I was going through my with my leaders of my church that was one of the require, require, required readings, and it was so good. It was one of my... I've read many books on prayer. It's like probably one of the top three. Uh, I think it's called In the Secret Place. But it's all about praying. It's about, all about seeking the Lord uh, one-on-one. Now, is it good to pray together? Absolutely. Look at Acts chapter 1. They all got together in the upper room and prayed, and there, here came the power, right? The power of God. So... Yes, praying together is awesome, but also that one-on-one time with the Lord is essential because as we're deeper in the things of the Lord, in our relationship with Him, through the Word, through prayer, then we'll have more of a depth in order to minister to others and we'll be in tune with the Lord and we'll be able to, uh, you know, quickly obey because we'll know what He wants. We'll be quick to repent because we'll be so in tune with Him. And I think, in a large part, that that starts with our one-on-one prayer life with the Lord. It's it is, you guys. It is necessary. And this isn't a legalism thing. This is just a biblical thing. Because when when Jesus is talking here, what's what's interesting is last point I'm going to make is that he assumes his followers are praying. He doesn't say you need to pray because you're slacking. He says when you pray. I love that. Because it's already assumed that if you're a child of God, if you're following Jesus, if you're looking into the scriptures as the blueprint of your life as a believer, then it's not a question of if you pray. You do pray. So when you pray, here's how to do it. And I love it. Jesus always makes things clear, right? It's awesome. So anyway, guys, it is Friday. I hope you guys have a blessed Friday and a blessed weekend. I love you guys, praying for you guys, and we'll talk to you soon.